drivers want to welcome you to the first hour of Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking News, live from the Great American Truck Show in Big D. Thanks for being out there, and man, let me give you the phone number to call into the program, and let's get this thing up and running. It is 888-876-2336, all across North America. Man, the GAT Show is open. Man, we got a lot of great energy, a lot of great folks in the audience, and a lot of folks are... Joining us at the booth that we're in, we'd love to get you on board, folks, if you want to join me in the conversation. We're trying to give you a sense of what is going on. A lot of great people here. There's a lot of great educational seminars. Very, very much an informative opportunity for you to come on by and visit with us here at the Great American Truck Show. I want to welcome Tim Mashoff to the microphone. Right now, he is the president and CWO of Crete Schaefer. It's good to see you, sir. Great to be back. Good Absolutely. Be yeah, it's a great show. Oh, man, it just opened up and a lot of great energy. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? I'm seeing exactly that. This year, it just seems so positive out there. And, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be positive in trucking right now. But to actually see it, you know, walking up and down the aisle, seeing a lot of the, the drivers, the owner-operators that are out there, I can just tell the mood's a lot better than it's been in the last few years. So it's been been fun to see. You know, rates have been really going to the roof. I mean, really looking good. Uh, what are you seeing from your, stand, your vantage point? A lot of great opportunities for drivers out there to make some money. Absolutely, that's the case. And, you know, we're fortunate we have a lot of long-term customers. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do is work with them to to have, yes, rates are going up, but it needs to be sustainable as well because we don't want to get in a cycle where we have, a, you know, a good group of drivers where we give pay increases, get those drivers uh, what they deserve. But then, you know, if the... Uh, uh, economy slacks off a little bit or otherwise that that's going to impact them on the downward side so we're really looking for the long long haul you know getting contracted rates to look for you know years at a time mm -hmm. so that we can ensure we have that consistency and at the same time passing that along to our drivers then uh, right now at the uh, some of the numbers I was looking at uh, the American Trucking Association uh, looking at uh, some of the data that they put out the trucking industry employs 7.4 million Americans including 3.5 million drivers truck drivers the number one occupation in 29 states and one out of every 16 jobs in the United States as well man it's so vital we need trucks it is so going. vital and what you know you go through those stats and you talk about that but that so many people that aren't in the industry just don't realize that yeah, you know they yeah. just so take for granted that I go to the grocery store and and you know I pick up that loaf of bread and gallon of milk and I don't even think about how it yeah, got there and right. all it took and all the people it took to get there and the great people that are working out there every day to ensure that happens. How, how much are we short of the industry? I'm hearing numbers coming in at like 50,000 drivers short. Uh, some of those numbers can vary, obviously, from sector to sector out there. Is that job one in your estimation, finding drivers? It is, and it has been for us for a long time is finding good quality drivers. And, you know, that's the other thing. Uh, it's not a job that's easy. It's not a job that, uh, you know, anyone can do. And so to find the right person is the challenge. We get a lot of applicants for drivers. Yeah. Um, we don't, uh, um, you know, we, we aren't able to qualify a lot of those folks sure. as well. So uh, there, there is that need for good quality drivers. And certainly, um, you know, getting experience is also vital. And so coming into the industry and getting that experience is something that I think is becoming more um, in this market is becoming much easier than it had in the past. Are you so. excited about the um, idea of allowing military reservists between 18 and 21 to get some experience coming to the industry? And uh, what role would maybe Crete Schaefer yeah, play? Yeah, no, absolutely. We're very excited about that. Um, we had uh, Secretary of Transportation in Omaha couple months ago and we participated in a, an event with with her and our local and our state senator uh, United States Senator from Nebraska Deb Fisher and I think it's a great program in yeah. you know these are these are individuals that have gone through a regimented training already so they understand 
um, you know, what decisions mean and what it means to make them in an in a environment that's, I'll call it regulated, uh, but also have a good sense of responsibility. They have a focus on safety. They have a focus on teamwork. You know, the Garden Reserve gives them all of that. Mm-hmm. So to be able to transfer that over into what it takes to be a driver, I think is perfect. You know, some folks have said that, uh, man, the 18-year-old just doesn't have the experience in order to be able to do that. Uh, but, you know, you look at it from the other side of the coin, that they're operating big, heavy gear. They're they're operating warships. Right. I mean, they are really doing some great stuff out there. So does the argument hold any weight in your estimation? Well, I think the, the key of what you get to there is it doesn't hold as much weight if you're putting the individuals through the same training and regimen that the military does. Okay. So sure. that's why they let them, you know, operate the, the big ships, the, the heavy gear, as you mentioned, is that you've put them through uh, a regimented training that they've bought into, mm-hmm. um, that they're taken seriously, that they, you know, they feel ownership in. And if we do that with the, the younger folks that are coming into the driving industry, I think you can see the same results. What do you think about autonomous trucks? Uh, that's also another big topic of conversation. Some are saying, man, it's many years down the road. Uh, some are saying it's going to be here a lot sooner than we think. What, what's your thoughts? You know, last year I would have said it's going to be more, many more years down the road, but it's just amazing how fast technology it changes. Does. It really comes you know, and, and so we even talked to a lot of our OEMs that that, you know, build the Freightliners, the Navistars, the, you know, the, the Kenworths out of the world. And, they, you know, those are the ones that truly are doing the work on it and saying, you know, what do you think? And, you know, they'd tell you it's years down the road. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, but every year it gets, well, maybe it's not quite it's as far down the road as you think. And so <laughs> I know right now the uh, um, director of the FMCSA is having a section on that right here yeah, at Gats. And right. I was speaking to some of his staff earlier. And he said, you know, it's amazing the information that they are seeing. It's going a lot faster than they expected as well. So, you know, the regulatory world's got to catch up as well to uh, ensure that that's something that would be safe out on the road for everybody. You mentioned the FMCSA, and they came out just a couple of days ago with four different recommendations on ways to revise the hours of Mm -hmm. service. And one of those would be maybe doing away or revising that mandatory 30-minute break after eight hours. Uh, Good thing for the industry? What do you think? You know, I think think it's good that they're looking at uh, the the four things that they're looking at, including that break, because, you know, now that everyone's moved over to electronic logs, I think think there's a comfort level – uh, amongst the compliance world and even us as a company that um, we know we do know what's going on and we do know what uh, is happening there. with our drivers there's data there yep. we can look at the data um, the drivers um, are in a framework now that they can't uh, move around and so some of the need for some of the structure uh, maybe goes away some of the other structure goes away now that we brought in the structure of ELDs yeah that's uh, has has that transition worked over well overall to the benefit of the industry, would you say? Uh, Ray Martinez talked about that earlier today. We had him up on the panel, and he was saying that it's uh, really helped the industry out quite a bit because it's reduced the number of incidents down to like 1%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really helped them in the long run gather a lot of data so they can help formulate plans going forward. So he's saying it's a good thing. So you're, you're saying the same thing yeah, as I, well? I think so. You know, we've, yeah. we've been on electronic logs for six or seven years long now. Time. Yeah, a long time. And it really did help us become a better... Um, carrier for our drivers because we, we did have the information then so we could use it and say how do we get better as a company to help our drivers out so we you know we've talked about this before we're able to look at when's the driver available what loads do we have to match their hours of service um, you know we can see the data on both sides now our customer side yep. and our driver side match that up and then we can also see you know when a driver may be having a challenge and we need to reach out and help them hey they're going to you know, say they got stuck in weather or other things where in the past, um, you know, they may just show up at the receiver then. 
they'd be late, then they were working rather than getting unloaded right away. We see where they're at along the way. We see where they're at with hours, and we can be proactive in helping them make sure they're productive once they can start moving. Again. I know you're following technology quite a bit, and uh, PeopleNet mm-hmm. is now becoming very prevalent in your operation as well. What is going on with PeopleNet? What's that all about? So we are converting our MobileCom uh, device uh, over to PeopleNet. We're in that transition right now. We're about uh, 15%. Uh, done. Um, you know, what we are is we need to provide our drivers with the technology platform, obviously, to communicate with us and them. Uh, and it needs to be efficient, needs to be effective, and needs to be reliable. And so as we uh, vetted the different systems that are out there in the, uh, in the world, um, we came uh, with PeopleNet as uh, the ultimate winner in that, in that vetting process. Uh, but part of the reason we went with them is because not only do we need to be able to communicate, like I mentioned there, but we need to have a platform for growth you know, as far as use of technology. And there's going to be many things we can do then with that PeopleNet platform over the years. Um, should say should say years when talking about technology, probably over the weeks uh, as things evolve. But, yeah, I you know all the applications you can put it. We have a, It's a tablet that the drivers will have sure. uh, in their cab now, and we can add a lot of things to that that the current technology doesn't provide. So it's exciting times for us. And, and this, I would imagine, does away with the satellite technology. It does, yeah. This okay. is uh, cell-based technology now. You know, okay. with, the, with the reliability of the cell networks and the, the coverage they have, we're able to uh, move to that and actually have, you know, more reliability in many ways than we did through satellite. And, and this is also something where the back office has got to be up to date and informed on as well. Talk about the build-out process from there, from the back office. Yes, you know, that's a very good point because, you know, what our drivers see are, you know, what they see on the screen of that tablet and the messages they send back and forth. But the hardest work we have in this implementation is actually the integration into our back office systems because, um, you know, our company, like any others, is is the backbone of it now is our operating software. Absolutely. And so if we can't communicate effectively and efficiently between the people in that system and and our back office software, we'd fall flat on our faces and so we spent months uh, doing that and the good thing about it one of the reasons we went with PeopleNet as well is that our back office software system is owned by the same company that PeopleNet is it's under the Trimble umbrella so that helped to provide a synergy there for us hey drivers if you want to jump on board and talk with Tim Ashoff the president and CWO of Crete Schaefer he's here right now if you want to get into the conversation I got some lines open anything you want to bring up it's a fair game so again the phone number to call it is 888-876-2336 I do want to get websites out there where drivers can find you and all the great stuff that you guys do. Phone numbers, social sure. media, yep. websites. Working. We're out there on uh, CreekCarrier.com. You have, we have all our brands under that, so Creek Schaefer and Hunt. If you go right to that website, well, you'll be able to get there. If you want to call in, you can call 800-998-2221 and certainly like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We're out there uh, wherever you are. And you know what? I'm looking at a young lady out here in the audience and I think she's probably with your staff and she's going, she is. Thumbs, uh, that, thumbs up. She's actually one of our drivers. Uh, she goes oh, by cool. Chef Abby. She's uh, an over-the-road chef that she uh, does uh, <laughs> uh, podcasts of cooking healthy in the trucks. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, welcome. It's good to see you. You know, and appreciate you coming on by and joining us. Uh, you know, if you got a got a question or a comment, you're more than welcome to step up and say hello to Tim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. How are you today? I'm getting there. Getting ready for tomorrow's deal over here at the uh, Health Pavilion. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'll be there at 10.30 to 11, talking about the healthier side of things. Actually, we have a reality show going, as you know. Yeah. Um, my camera guy, I'm waiting on him. Of course, I'm the talent, and he's fashionably late. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. So, um, uh, we're doing B footage for the show today, but they're going to be there tomorrow and, um, and stuff, and we're going to talk about what I do and sure. how I did it, sure. because, you know, I was... 
287 pounds oh, 15 wow. years ago. Wow. And I'm now down to this, you know. That's great. Proving it can be done, and that was an important thing. You know, and, 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 and you bring up a great point about health and wellness for your drivers, right? I mean, that is so critical. They've got to be able to stay healthy, eat healthy, do the right things. I mean, if they're doing all of that, you got a great productive driver. Absolutely. And we have to figure out how we help support that as a company. So, yeah. you know, over the years, we've done a lot of things, particularly in the cab for amenities, you know, adding inverters so they can have power to, you know, uh, you know, cook themselves in the trucks. Now we're in our new trucks, we're specking um, refrigerators and all of those so they can bring food with them and just eat healthier out there on the road to help support, you know, what they need to do to, to keep themselves healthy. And, you know, it is great. I, I think you probably saw it, but the health pavilion, when it first started, probably four yeah. or five years ago was a little Tiny little thing. booth yeah, and right. now it's a, a big, a big area right, right when right. i got in yesterday i went over there and just the uh, number of people there that was also good to see because uh you know people are taking it seriously they're, they're getting the health screenings they're getting the health checks and that's so important to our drivers we have a lot of folks who want to jump in and chat with you and again drivers say if you want to speak with tim mashoff he is the boss the president and cwo of creed shaver i've got him here right now let's go first up uh to concrete charlie that's a great handle in pennsylvania Concrete Charlie, hello there. You're on with Tim Ashoff. Yes, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, first of all, I just want to say also thanks to Charles. He does a nice job as your producer with uh, preparing the callers and making them feel welcome. So at an appropriate time. He is time, a great guy. Uh, hats off to Charles. Uh, my question is this. Being a former GI, I'm familiar with motor pools and also saw guys, TV uh, operations out of the Navy, guys that are handling big equipment. And they often had young guys. Uh, the difference, and somebody else made the point, uh, you know, they train them properly, but I, I have no problem with reducing the age as long as those individuals will get the proper training. And I think with the proper training, you increase the chances of why they're going to why they're going to stick because they were trained properly and can enjoy the successes of what comes with that. Yeah, that's got, they've got the DNA. They've got the background for this, for the discipline. So what do you think? What they do, and I totally agree that the proper training is what is what is important. And I think if you look at what, what is being proposed out there, for younger drivers, it really is a, a, a robust apprenticeship program where that training is uh, there, and there's going to be some mandatory minimums on you know hours of training yeah, in the classroom, yeah. hours they're of training on the road. Get the keys, right? no, they're just not going to give the keys, yeah. and in some ways, it's better than what we have today because. What a lot of people don't understand is an 18-year-old in any state can get a CDL yeah, right. and drive within that state. That, you know, in Texas here, yeah, you they can drive a, a lot of miles, that's right? That's a three-day trip. That's <laughs> right. And so, um, and they don't they don't have those training requirements. Right. Uh, right. So now, if we do that, we, we bring them into the uh, interstate commerce, the over-the-road, cross-state lines industry. They'll have that training. So yes, it's very important, and that's something we support. All right, let's go to Jerry next up in Kansas. Hey, Jerry, welcome to the show, sir. You're on with Tim Ashaw. Hey, how are you guys today? I'm enjoying your show. Hey, how are um, you? I, good, good, good. I'm. For some reason, they make me work, but I don't know why they do. That. <laughs> but anyway, someone's got to keep America moving. Got to keep us moving. We need you. You bet. My company. I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I don't know if I could say my company name or not. I'm very proud to work for this company. Um, it's K&J Trucking out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. Now, they run a ship-shaped business. I mean, we're, uh, you know, women run this. Uh, of course, there's men, too, but uh, a family runs this as a family-owned company. Okay. And we've, we've got that people's net. 
Now, when I oh, went to okay. work here, yes, when I went to work here a year and a half ago, I looked at that and I said, "Now nah, forget it. I quit. I can't tell you. I can't say on the radio what I what I cussed and everything else." But no, no, I understand. I got Absolutely. used to working with people's net and so they, the uh, things that they can do on that and the things that I've learned to do. Our Very company cool. has a team which they keep right up on it, top notch. And that's one thing. And I'm sure as big as your company is, you, you do the same thing. All right, Jerry, thank you for the call. I'm, I've got to go to a break in just a minute. But, you know, to expand on what he's saying here, that's a team effort, right? It absolutely is. And as I mentioned before, we rolled it out. We had the back office. But then we also had to train the trainers. Absolutely. We, had, we trained a right. large group of right. people in order for for them to uh, uh, train the drivers as they came on. But the way we did that is we first gave the units to some of our best drivers. Okay. And because, you know, who's better to train us? Who's better to tell us what to do than the drivers that the are using drivers, it? So right, right. a lot of our veteran drivers, uh, they went out. We had 150 of them out there with people net for about six weeks and then got their feedback and said okay what do we need to do to improve it and then what do we need to do to make sure we're training the rest of the, the driving force as they come across um, and transition to people net and the timetable again is it fully implemented or no we're about 15 percent uh okay. converted but by december one we'll be fully converted okay so, so it's, it's it takes quite a bit to get 5400 trucks changed out so, <laughs> no yeah, understood yeah. absolutely so. all right i got a break here for a few minutes i'm going to do some weather tim we got a lot of folks who want to jump in uh, hound dog is going to be coming up, and he says 18-year-old should be given a chance to drive across state lines. So we'll get into that as well. Drivers, hey, Tim Ashoff is here. He is the president, CWO, of Crete Schaefer. If you want to get in, jump in. The phone number is 888-876-2336. Let me update what's going on with the weather. I'm going to do that this minute right here on Sirius XM. Back to Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis, live from the Great American Trucking Show in Dallas, Texas. Hey, drivers, want to welcome you back to the program. And again, the phone number to call in. We are live from the Great American Truck Show in Dallas. Man, there's a lot of energy, a lot of good stuff that is certainly happening out there. And a lot of folks want to jump on board and talk with Tim Ashoff, the president and CWO of Creed Shaper. Let's go to the phones. Uh, first up, let's go around. Going to go to Hound Dog on the phone in New Mexico. How are you, man? Hey, Hound Dog, how are you, sir? I sound like he's on the phone. Yeah. I'm going to put him back on the line. Uh, let's go next up to Brian in Iowa. Hey, Brian, welcome to the program, sir. You're on with Tim. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, I just want yeah. to touch on the 18 year olds driving across state lines. Okay, oh, I, I guess my view on this, I've been out here 23 years driving commercially. Um, I'm an independent contractor, and currently I'm still leased onto a company because of insurance. Uh, now I've got a 16, I've got a 16 year old child at home who's got a driver's license, and in the state of Michigan they have a curfew that they're only allowed to drive certain hours. So between 16 and 18, how much experience are in actual driving is a, a 18 year old going to have one insurance companies already regulate that we've got to be minimum 23 or 25 years of age with two years driving experience to cover you i can't even i'm sitting in limbo with my authority because i can't even afford to buy insurance because it's so high now what do you how do you feel 
this is going to affect insurance. I mean, I guess for bigger companies, if they're self-insured, it might be good. But it's going to drive our rates up even more. Uh, the cheapest insurance I've found is $14,700 a year for $1 million liability and $100,000 cargo. You know, my wallet just started to quiver yeah. on that one. What do you, wow, that's a lot of money. What do you think, Tim? You know, that's a very valid point, and I think that is one of the exact reasons why uh, the, U, the, the the government is doing the pilot program with the military uh, veteran, with the uh, National Guard and Reserve members, yep. because they want to take from that the data to say, what is that driving experience like for them? What is their accident level, yep. severity, yep. frequency, those types of things? Because that's what insurance is driven off of. It's all a, it's an underwriting game about data. Yep. And right now we don't have data about what is it like for an 18 to 21-year-old to be driving a commercial motor vehicle across state lines. So that's what they'll look at. They want to take and say, okay, if we do this with a group of people that we provide that training for that we talked about first, and then give them the experience, what does their data compare to? They're doing two things. Yeah. They're comparing it to the general population, but they're also going to then compare it to people that are right above that age. So I think it's going to – they're going to like take 20, data. 21. They're going to take data from 18 to 22-year-olds, I believe, okay. and then like 23 to 27. And then they're going to compare the data of both of those and say, is one group safer than the other, provided that they all received the same training? So this is exactly what this study is about. And that, that'll tell us. You know, if the, if the data does ultimately tell us, well – if it's not good to have an 18 to 21 year old driving sure. because of safety, then I would presume the regulation doesn't go much farther and that doesn't happen. You know, he was mentioning some staggering numbers like $14,000. I mean, is that average? You know, it, it, unfortunately, it very well can be these days. The you know, okay. the, the, uh, the, what is going on to the trucking world uh, being brought on by us getting sued yeah. has evolved of accidents that I've seen it many times where it's never not the driver's fault, right. not the trucking right. company's fault. Right. But because we're the, the trucking company and the trucking industry that we have to have a million dollars liability insurance, they sue us. Uh, and some, certainly companies like ours that have assets you know, well beyond that, we're, right. a, we're a target then too. And oftentimes we're defending cases where our driver uh, had Was no called. fault at all. Uh, but, but, but there's a lot of cost to that. Uh, and a lot of times on the other end, there may have been very bad injuries and the cost of health care and everything else goes up. So, you have, so insurance companies have to decide, do I spend the money defending this yeah. or do I pay just to kind of have it go away. And so that's been increasing the cost of insurance overall. Let's take one more call before we let you go. Let's go next up to Ain't Nobody Important in Dallas. Man, it's good to have you on board. I appreciate it. You're on with Tim Ashoff. Yeah, a couple Hello, things about 18-year-olds. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, I don't remember if it was you yesterday or if it was Casey that talked to that uh, 21-year-old kid out in the parking lot that's got a show truck. But if you, if you were basically born in the truck, uh, you're falling out. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says. I drove for a company a long time ago that's no longer around, TRL. Okay. We had a driver that had his nine-year-old son that would, you know, he'd throw him in the truck in the yard. And this kid could drive that truck better than anybody I see. This could, um, 
fifth kick to take two trailers and drop a trailer in between two trailers side to side and blind side with one pole. All right, I appreciate the phone call. Ain't nobody important. Thanks, man, for that. Uh, you know, and again, there's a lot of variables that have to come into play with this. I mean, from insurance regulations to, you know, somebody's ability to be able to adapt to the changing conditions out there. This story is yet to be told. Right? It is, and I think, you know, it's at the beginning of it. They do need to get the uh, pilot program. Uh, right now, they're seeking input on it, yeah, on how to do it. Yep. And then the next step is to implement it and to gather the data. So we, we're, we're a long ways down the road, but I think, you know, rather than making assumptions that many of us have for years, like uh, the last caller is assuming that it is good for 18-year-olds, yeah, others yeah. are assuming it's not, let's figure it out. There's ways to, to test it, there's ways to gather the data, and let's make the right decision based on the data. All right, outstanding. Where can folks find you again, social media and the web? Certainly, find us at creekcarrier.com or uh, call us at 800-998-2221 or visit us out on Facebook, Twitter at uh, the Creek Carrier page out there. So Outstanding. Thank All you, right. man. As Thanks, always, man. great to see you. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Mashoff, the president CWO of Creek Schaefer. And uh, kind of break for a few minutes. Let me update what's going on with the news. And let's do that this minute right here on Sirius XM.